الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا رسول الله We praise Allah Almighty our Lord our Creator our Sustainer and we thank Him we thank Him profusely, we thank Him through our prayers and our supplications and through our submission to Him and our declaration that there is no God, no deity worthy of worship except for God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we declare loudly and clearly that Muhammad is one of His messengers, the seal of the prophets, the one who was purified by His Creator and gifted with the Qur'an to carry it forth for all of, to, to the benefit of all of humanity. Today, insha'Allah, we mark the completion of one week of the, of the month of Ramadan. And this is a blessed time of the year as we are constantly reminded. And today I want to focus my talk to you on how we can get the most out of, out of Ramadan to train our character to purify our hearts. As I mentioned in my last khutbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty, references in the Qur'an the human heart by way of analogy. He analogizes the heart, some people's hearts, to that of a rock, or even more, more uh, impenetrable than a rock. But he also uses other types of analogy, analogies to help us understand our own selves, our souls, our character. Because the heart, in essence, is the analogy for our, our, the seat of our character, our consciousness, our awareness, and our character. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, in the Qur'an, that some people's hearts Wolf, they are covered over in hardness. And in another place in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, In their hearts is an illness, is an illness, a sickness, an imperfection. So let us look at the heart from various ways today, identifying two aspects of illness that can affect our heart and maybe some cures that we can uh, we can administer during the month of Ramadan to help us overcome those illnesses. The first thing that's very important to keep in mind for myself and for everyone is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. He is a merciful creator. He has created us imperfect and He knows that. And we're reminded of that every day when we make mistakes. But he has made himself, uh, he's made, he's written upon himself mercy and encouraged us and reminded us to repent and to turn back to him for his merciful. So we're going to make mistakes, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us guidance in the Quran as to how we should conduct ourselves. And it's important to keep in mind a sense of priority. Big mistakes versus small mistakes. They're not all equal. For example, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, 
بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن تجتنبوا كبائر ما تنهون عنه نكفر عنكم سيئاتكم وندخلكم مدخلا كريما If you stay away from, leave aside, eschew the most heinous of the things which we have forbidden to you we shall expel you, we shall expel out of you all the evil in you and admit you uh, to a gate of great honor. If we stay away from the big sins, Allah will forget the small stuff. That's important to keep in mind. Let's stay away from the big sins and Allah will forgive the small stuff. So let us identify a couple of the major sins that we can uh, rid ourselves of and try and avoid during this month becoming the practice of it and continue avoiding them throughout the year. The first, the first sin that I want to identify is the sin of arrogance. In Arabic it's istikbar. To perceive yourself to be more important and bigger than you truly are. This is the sin of shaitan. When he was asked to bow before Adam, he refused. He saw himself more important. More important than Adam, but also too important to obey God to obey God's command. Istikbar to perceive oneself as more important than you are in reality. It's having a sense of an inflated ego, being egotistical. This is the root of many, many other bad deeds, and we can we can talk about those in a moment. Arrogance and pride and having an inflated sense of ego is a major sin. And one time the Prophet was telling his companions that someone who is overly proud will, will not be entered into paradise. And they became very nervous. And they said, but Prophet, we like to dress nicely. And we like to look good. He said, that's not what I'm talking about. And he defined what it meant to be arrogant and proud. He said, pride or arrogance is rejecting truth when it comes to you. That's the definition of pride or arrogance. It's rejecting truth when it comes to you. Because you have a vested interest in the current situation, because you think yourself to be more important than you truly are. Whatever prevents you from accepting truth, that is defined in the Quran or by, by the Prophet وسلم, as arrogance. The cure or the remedy for arrogance is to humble oneself and to humble oneself before God Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us advice in the Quran again it's a book of guidance for us and what does he tell us he says seek help through patience and prayer those two things together can help us overcome arrogance. And truly, seeking help from, from God through patience and prayer is a big deal. It's a difficult thing, except for those who have khushua, who are humble. So when we find ourselves fighting prayer, when we find ourselves losing our temper easily, when we find ourselves being lazy, 
to remember God and to do good, we need to look inside and to make sure that we are not um, we are not uh, arrogant, and that's not the cause of our uh, laziness. And we need to then rectify what is causing our delinquency. So seek help through patience and prayer. How do you seek help through patience? Patience seems to be the outcome of, of, of having good character. When you have good character, you're patient. You can wait without getting angry. We're going to talk about that in a second. The second part is prayer. How can prayer be an assistant for you in improving your character? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Quran that prayer through stand, when standing before Allah, for Allah, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bowing and prostrating with awareness of what you're saying and what you're doing and the importance and the meaning of what you're saying and what you're doing, and when you do it regularly throughout the day, and when you do extended prayers in the month of Ramadan, with the awareness of God, and as the Prophet, as the angel Gabriel told the Prophet, Ihsan, the highest level of good character, Ihsan is to worship God as if you see God. And even though you don't see God, know that God sees you. So it's to pray as if you're standing before God and God perceives what's in your heart. He sees your shortcomings and your faults and so you don't put on a facade. You stand before God stripped of your worldly prestige, of your wealth, of your status. You stand before God knowing that God sees into the depths of your heart. He sees your insecurities, your inadequacies, the things that you've done and concealed. Allah perceives all of that. And when in prayer you need to be yourself aware of what God sees in your heart. And you need to ask God for forgiveness. You need to rem remember that God is merciful. And that if you stay away from the big things, that God will forgive the small stuff. And you need to, be, uh, you need to admit and to be aware of the things that you've done in order to feel regret, in order to truly turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So prayer, if done correctly, can be a corrective. It can be a corrective and it can be an opportunity for us to gain better insight into ourselves and into our own hearts. The second aspect, or the second uh, major misdeed that we should avoid is anger. Is anger. The, the Prophet is reported to have taught his companions that the, a strong Muslim is better than a weak Muslim. But what he was referring to as the, as, the, as the strong Muslim is the one who is able to control his or her own anger. You have control over your own whim, over your own desire. As Muslims, we are, we are we're human beings filled with emotion. And we're, we're not supposed to suppress our emotion. We're supposed to direct it and to guide it. It's okay to be angry at times at things that are wrong. But it is not okay to carry around hate and to let that hatred overwhelm our, our, our actions and our responses. It's okay to love, but our love should be directed. It shouldn't be 
physical. We should be filled with emotions, but we should let our intellect and our spirit guide our emotions to help us conduct ourselves in a way that is most pleasing to God Almighty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a very similar verse to the one I, I just recited, those who avoid greater crimes and shameful deeds, this is describing the true believers, those who, who avoid the greater crimes and shameful deeds, and when they are angry, even then they forgive. Even when angered, they don't carry on their anger. The Prophet taught, he said, there's three kinds of people. The one who, who gets angry quickly and holds on to their anger for a long time. So the one that takes a while to get angry but holds on to their anger and holds a grudge for a very long time. So the third kind of person is the one who takes a very long time before they're angry and they're quickly over their anger. So the third is the best one and be of the third category. So it's important to let our intellect and our spirit guide and direct our emotions. Anger oftentimes is rooted in the first illness, which is arrogance. When we have a sense of importance, a greater importance for ourselves than we truly are, we're all made from earth, from dirt, from dust. Yes, we have the Spirit of God breathed into us, but we are ultimately powerless and ultimately dependent on God Almighty. I remember being taught when, when I was growing up in school that the appendix, for example, it's a useless appendage. It's, no, it's, it's of no value. It's not needed for the human body. And I was reading this week an article in which scientists discovered that there is great use for the appendix. It does perform a, a critical function. Yes, you can live without it, but it does perform important functions in the human body having to do with the digestive tract. But that reminded me how arrogant sometimes we are with regards to science and how much we know. And then I read the verse in the Quran that says, Sometimes we get carried away. We're the most dominant species on the planet Earth. And we know so much and we can go to the moon and we can do so many things. Alhamdulillah, we can. But in the greater scheme of things, we know very little. And we only know that which Allah has allowed us to know. And we should continue to pursue knowledge. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Only the scholars, only those who have ilm, who have knowledge, truly have uh, God consciousness and have awe of God. Only those who have knowledge. So we can continue to pursue knowledge, but not in an arrogant fashion. It's important for us to be humbled in our, in our position in this world and to try and strike a balance in this world that God has created for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Bunayya, aqma salata wa'mur bil ma'rufi wanha ala al-munkar wasbir ala ma asabak inna dhalika min azmi al-umur. Oh my son, and this is of course the advice of 
Luqman to his son, establish regular prayer. This is advice from a wise father to his son. Establish regular prayer. Again, one of the themes that prayer can really impact the heart if it's done correctly. When you stand before God in the way that I mentioned. Establish regular prayer, enjoin what is just and forbid what is wrong, and bear with patient constancy whatever, whatever afflicts you. Whatever afflicts you, be patient when you are afflicted. Illness is one of the things that sometimes annoys us. We're, we're, we're ill, we can't do all the things that we wanted to do. We're injured. We have a major illness, we have a minor illness. Illness, when taken with the right attitude and the right mentality, can be a great blessing because it can humble us as well. Whatever affliction, whatever difficulty we face, when taken with the right, right mindset, can ultimately be to our benefit. What is it to be patient? To be patient is to re recognize that whatever is facing you it is by the will of God and that He has deter determined that what is befalling you should befall you for your own good. Because He promises us in the Quran. God does not burden any soul with more than it can bear. So whatever we are burdened with now, we have the capacity to bear and we should turn to Allah and we should say, Allah, let me respond to this calamity in a way that is most pleasing to you. We can't control what cards we're dealt. Not that we should be gambling, but we shouldn't. We got control what, got, what cards we're dealt in life, but we can control how we play them. We can control what moves we make, how we respond to the circumstances of life. How we respond to the predicaments that God places us in. Because He is very conscious of everything that you are facing and everything that I am facing as individuals and as a community. And He is watching to see how we're going to respond. Let us ask Allah to guide our steps in response to the difficulties that He places before us and let us to respond in a way that is most pleasing to Him and ask Allah for forgiveness. You will find him most forgiving. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ramadan is an opportunity for us to reflect, to reflect on our heart. And our heart is the seat of our consciousness, of our awareness of God, and informs our character and our behavior. During this month, we can engage in activities that will help purify our heart. And different scholars throughout the years have diff used different analogies in addition to the ones mentioned in the Quran as to how we can understand our heart in order to purify it in order to strengthen it, in order to make it more supple and receptive to truth whenever it may come to us. Imam al-Ghazali, uh, may God be pleased with him, wrote in his Ihya that the soul, the soul, the human heart, is, is, like a, is like a well. 
It's like a well, and then if refuse and rocks and dirt are in there, it covers up the source of the water, and it prevents the well from filling with pure water. He said it is the, it is the hard work of the believer to purify the heart, to get rid of the impurities, to get rid of the refuse that, cl- that clutters this well, so that the purity of God's guidance can fill our hearts and the love of God can fill our hearts. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُحِبُّونَ أَنْدَادَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Those who disbelieve love their idols, love their materialism, love their whatever object of worship they have besides God, they love those idols as much as, they lo- as, much as God is loved, as much as they love God. But the true believer loves God more than everything else. The love of God is what fills a Muslim's heart, a believer's heart. And every other love that we have in our life is filtered through that love. The love of your parents. We love our parents. We love them. They are from God. The love of our families, our children, our spouses, we love them. They are gifts from God. The love of every friend, of every person that we have, it's a gift from God. And we should be aware of that gift and perceive the love of that person and respond and react to every relationship that we have in a way that is most pleasing to the one who gave that blessing to us, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ramadan is a time to be very uncomfortable. It's a time to shake us out of our routine. It's a time to make us question old habits. And I'll conclude with a story of a woman who left a great impact in this community. She was a convert to Islam. And she came and she brought a great spirit. And she influenced people who came here. One of the one of the elders, the women who are elders and one of the elders in our community, I saw her greeting people with so, such warmth. And I and I we were talking, and I said, "Well, how? Why are you so generous and always so welcoming to everyone?" She says, "When I first came here as a young lady, I was greeted by this woman. She welcomed me warmly." And then she was cleaning and she was having the kids go and pick up the trash and organize. So she thought that this woman worked at the mosque and she was just, you know, doing her duty. So she asked, who do you work for? She said, for him. She thought there was a second story and somebody who lived on the, who worked on the second story was the boss. So she continued and she saw her continuously working. She says, who's this, where's, take me to this guy who, who you work for. She says, no, no, I work for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I work for God. I'm doing this fi sabilillah. And ever since then, and may God have peace on her soul, she passed away. Her name is Pat Awad. Ever since then, she said, I want to welcome everyone in the mosque to carry on the tradition. She inspired me and I want to carry it forward. And it wasn't my culture to be very open and receiving every person who comes in from the street. 
that's not what I was used to doing. It was very strange for me. For me, I was taken aback. But she said, I learned from. I learned something from this person. I learned the spirit of what it means to be a Muslim. And to this day, she's very welcoming to everyone who comes into the masjid. Let us be uncomfortable. Let us go beyond our norm. Let us serve your mosque, this mosque. Your mosque needs you. Your mosque needs you. Ask yourself, what are you doing to serve the Muslim community? What are you doing to help this mosque and this institution become better? What can you do? What skills do you bring? Whether you're rich or poor, what can you do to make this place a better, more welcoming place that carries the spirit of the religion and the love of God? Let us ask Allah to guide our footsteps. Oh Allah, open our hearts to your guidance. Let us not to be angry or arrogant. Let us to be humble before you. Let us to stand before you with full awareness of who we are and with full awareness that you know who we are. Let us to acknowledge our shortcomings and our faults and let us to regret them. Let us to overcome them. Strengthen us in our character, O oh, oh Allah. Our Lord, we ask you, for you are the all-powerful, the almighty. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth and you created us and you promised us وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ You promised us in the Qur'an that you hear the call of everyone who calls upon you whenever they call. So hear our call and let us believe in you so that we may be rightly guided. اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار يا عزيز يا غفار يا أرحم الراحمين أقول قبل هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم أقم الصلاة